Welcome to Jingle Jank, the internet's premier show about obscure and offbeat Christmas music. I'm your host, Scott, joined as always by the California Christmas musicologist, Jay. How's it going, Jay? Going well, Scott. How are you? I, I couldn't be better. I'm actually in, enjoying the onset of spring here. I don't know what it's like in California. We have a little bit of a weird mix of weather here in Denver. It's snowing one day and now it's 75 degrees today. So it, it's fun and you never really know what you're going to get. Yeah, my my wife is fond of saying we have two seasons here, Christmas and summer, which is basically a very, very apt way of describing it. So we are back into summer. And I'm glad we're recording today. I know you're in the process of moving. So listeners, if you hear banging and all that in the background, we really can't fault Jay's wife for continuing to pack while he and I do this nonsense here. Yes, the, uh, the Jingle Jank Southern California headquarters is going to be moving a few blocks away. And uh, I have good news, though. I will have a new fully renovated uh, studio space eventually. That The renovation is going to be the next project. So there'll be some, you'll see, uh, and I'll need a green screen for our future videos as we uh, go through that process. But yeah, good news is we'll have dedicated space soon. Nobody wants to see me, so I don't think we're going to be doing a video version of this podcast, but who knows what the future will bring. Yeah, well, that could be, you know, Patreon, if you, that could be a, you know, pay-in <laughs> yeah. kind of thing, OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people are really looking forward to paying for this. So, Jay, we got something different today. Yes, we do. Are you familiar with Miles Davis? I am. The jazz trumpeter? Yes, sir. Now, one of the things people really liked about Miles Davis was that he was constantly reinventing himself and trying new things. He did not just stick to one format his whole career. Yes. For better and for worse. A lot like Madonna. Yeah. So today we're going to try a different format. We're going to have our special guest, who I will introduce in a moment. She brought three extremely popular Christmas songs. You and I have brought versions of that song that are more obscure or offbeat that we like and our guest is going to tell us which one of us picked the better one what do you think of this idea i can't wait and i'm i yep. these are three standards that we have here as well yeah it's three songs that i never thought that we'd ever be playing on this show so it's going to be fun and i hope it comes out well i guess we're going to know in about 40 minutes if it did or not but why don't we bring in our guest our very special guest today is my friend and co-worker, May Lee. May, how are you? Hi, good. How are you guys? We're great. We're so happy to have you here. Now, Jay, May is a very special guest to me, and she's very important to this show. She's the first co-worker I told about this podcast, and I sent her the first episode, and she gave me good feedback. And it wasn't just, oh, that's great. You're the best. She actually said, hey, you should do this a little differently. Or I didn't like this with our very first Celebrity Christmas episode. So it's amazing to have her here today. She's been with us since the beginning, more in spirit, but today we have her in body as well. That's awesome. It's fantastic. You got that feedback in May. Really glad to have you on the show. Welcome to the Jingle Jank family. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. And I still to this day remember when Scott first told me about the podcast and I couldn't have been more excited for him just because I know that his voice is awesome and have worked with him oh. on other projects at work um, with his voice. So this was a great that, That's very sweet. Continue. Please say more. Okay. Um, just <laughs> oh, just kidding. May, I'm not going to put you on a terrible spot and say, tell me how much you love Christmas music. Jay, I think she's a muggle. She's a regular person. I don't think she's listening to Christmas music in April normally. So we're probably bending her normal life a little bit here. But she she's a very diverse person with a lot of awesome tastes. So I don't think this is too bad. May, would you agree with that? Did I characterize you okay? Yeah, I mean, I'm not at your level. Let's, let's make sure. that clear. Um, but I do for... Um, evoking positive emotions throughout the year do have Christmas candles on. That's perfect. That, that is, that's all we need. I challenged you, May, and said, can you bring us three of your favorite Christmas songs? Now, I'm, I'm actually not sure I said favorite, I th I, but I have a feeling that you like the three songs today. Is that fair? Yes, these are my favorite. Okay, then perfect. So we have three of May's favorite songs, and I'll even introduce them now, Jay. The first one is The Most Wonderful Time of the Year by Andy Williams. An absolute classic, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely a classic, objectively speaking, I'd say, yes. I don't know anybody that doesn't like the song. It's just it's just one of those songs. Yeah, Andy Williams is like synonymous with Christmas. So not only is this song, it's like meta, right? Not only is this song, you know, a an all-time standard, it's Andy Williams who is an all-time Christmas crooner. So I think 
definitely a, a classic and a big, a big deal. Although you know, some, I, I will say as a side note, I don't like all of his, uh, some of what he does. I think he changes the words and the songs. He's got some stuff that I'm not crazy about, but that's a separate conversation. So continue. If you don't like changing the original today is probably not going to be your episode because the songs we picked do stray a little bit from the path, but we'll get into that. Yeah. As a may, as a non Christmas music lunatic, you'll recognize this as a level of critique that is scary and kind of frightening that we'll get into. So be warned that it gets into some, into some dark places that we go. She's used to my nonsense. It's going to be fine. Yeah, this is true. You've had a, you've had a look inside the mind Newman, so we can continue. Yeah. We've worked together for years now. Uh All right. The second song today, the second song today is last Christmas by Wham. Now that one, I can't say everybody loves. It's also on the list of hated Christmas songs. But I like it, and I know May does. Jay, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I love it. Definitely a modern standard. And again, you know, it's a it's an iconic Christmas song by an iconic music personality. You know, Wham, more specifically George Michael. You know, a huge personality, huge part of pop culture. So this song, on many levels, is a, a major, major Christmas hit. And just one of those kinds of songs, like you can sing and listen to twelve months a year, and I think it's a great tune. Good. The last one today is All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Now, uh, we'll get into how popular this song is. Personally, I hate this song. But it's going to be fun to talk about it and to get my version and your version and, uh, and, and really take this thing apart. It's going to be a lot of fun. So is everybody ready to, to dive into it today? Let's do it. Okay. How about you, May? Yeah, um, top three favorite songs of mine. Can't wait to have those be crushed, so I'm ready. We're not going to crush any of them today because that would be a different podcast, would be to destroy (laughs) Last Christmas by Wham. These are three extremely popular songs. There's no denying that. We can definitely crush and rip on the versions that we brought. We're going to want you to do that as well, May. Great. Jay, before we get into anything, uh, the only item for housekeeping this week, and it's actually a very important one, is Art Kilmer from the Cozy Christmas Podcast sent me a note, and he said he accepts your apology on behalf of the state of Iowa. Oh, very good. I'm very, very relieved to know that uh, Art, myself, and the state of Iowa, we're all back on good terms. So that is excellent (laughs) housekeeping news. Good. That's the the only bit of housekeeping. We had a little dust up with Iowa, May. It's a long story. We'll, We'll... I, I heard uh, Scott saying on your last uh, episode, sorry, so I'm aware. Yeah, yeah and yeah, some, yeah. Somehow, we went Mistakes all, made. somehow we went all last week without offending anyone, Jay. So that's the only piece of housekeeping we have, and may, maybe we can keep this going. I don't know. All right, it's been one week since our last incident. Yeah, it, it just <laughs> doesn't quite feel the same without one email that, that's where someone objected yeah. to something. So we'll, we'll see what we can do today. Excellent. Let's get into the music here. The first song today, as we mentioned, is The Most Wonderful Time of the Year by Andy Williams. Now, we're not going to play the whole song. If you don't know this song, I think you're in the wrong place. I, is, is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to play a short clip of it just to kind of remind everyone what we're working with. And then we'll get into longer versions of our originals. So the first song is Most Wonderful Time of the Year by Andy Williams. Here we go. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the year. All right, so that's the original. That's The Most Wonderful Time of the Year by Andy Williams. I do have a couple notes on this song from Wikipedia. It's The Most Wonderful Time of the Year was written in 1963 by Edward Paula and George Weil. It was recorded and released that year by pop singer Andy Williams for his first Christmas album, which was titled The Andy Williams Christmas Album. Now, here's an important note on this. In 2017, Billboard magazine placed this recording at number seven on its list of top ten holiday songs of all time. Thoughts on that, Jay? I think that's fair. Definitely top ten. You know, this is probably one of the first songs I reach to at or after Thanksgiving. Like, this really warms me up for the season. I think we always hear some version of it on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and it just... 
I don't know, it's the high water mark for the season when it comes in. Yeah, I, I do think you know one thing I'll add uh, in is that the, this is on this song and Andy Williams in general. These these old standards are on the bubble. There will always be Christmas classics, but how many people? today know who Andy Williams is that are yeah, still prob- alive. Probably you know? very few. <laughs> right. And that number is not in- increasing. <laughs> they would probably know this recording in this voice. They may not know right. that it's Andy Williams. But the, we, we are, we are quickly transitioning to a point where this Andy Williams song is going to be not really in the, I think out of the forefront in terms of what we consider to be classics. And the other two songs we're going to listen to today will be, I think the new classics. All right. Well, that's a bold statement. In other words, we're getting old, but go on. <laughs> Before we play the versions made, did you have anything to add about why you picked this song or what you like about it? Yeah, same reason. Um, as soon as you played it, I had a big smile on my face and my body started I saw to that. sway. Yeah. Um, I, it, it definitely starts the season off for me the correct way. Um, so that mood is there with the song. All right. So, Jay, we're going we're gonna to get into our versions here, and we'll see if any of that excitement carries over for May. Now, I thought it's only nice if I let Jay go first, so this is Jay's pick. It's The Most Wonderful Time of the Year by Scott Weiland. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kiss jingle batting and everyone telling you be a good cheer It's the most All right, that was Jay's pick. That was The Most Wonderful Time of the Year by Scott Weiland. I have a couple notes on this one. The Most Wonderful Time of the Year was released in 2011. It's the third and final solo album from former Stone Temple Pilots and Velvet Revolver lead singer Scott Weiland. Uh, It features his versions of traditional Christmas songs. Jay, why don't you go in real quick on why you chose this one? So I waded into the pool of covers for these these standards that we're listening to today, and this one popped out. And I, Stone Temple Pilots, STP, has got a you know, soft spot in my heart because that's a band you know that came up in the 90s when, when you and I were in our formative years. And uh, Scott Weiland is such a character. You know, he had a, a really, unfortunately, no longer with us, but kind of a um, he definitely had that to, to uh, keep it short. He had that tortured artist kind of trajectory in his life. So to see him doing Christmas music and really like a crooner style, I was kind of blown away. So this was great. That obvious choice. I was absolutely shocked. I saw the name and I thought, oh, this is going to be something. And then it had this, like you said, crooner, this Michael Buble kind of feel to it. And come to find out that his entire album of Christmas songs, his solo album, is is like this. It's phenomenal. He also has a blues album. I had him just pigeonholed as the style from Stone Temple Pilots, like you and I remember from high school. So, amazing pick. May, what did you think of this song? I thought that it had a funkier instrumental. Uh, he had some extra instruments in there. I can't really put my finger on sure. what they are. Um, it's interesting just knowing a very little of the singer's background compared to Andy Williams. He's, I think, piggybacking off of what you were saying. He's not pop, right? And so this was very, very close to Andy Williams and the way he sang it. Um, so kudos to him for that. I thought it was pretty close as well. It did stay true to the original. What were you going to say, Jay? One of the, the layers that makes this such an interesting song and an album is uh, it, Scott Weiland was a tortured heroin addict, right? And then when yeah. you watch this this production and you listen to this music, it is 
sort of the opposite of tortured heroin addict. <laughs> yeah, you don't get any of that looking right, at this video. Right. And it's so, so knowing that about him and knowing that he had that kind of path and it just was never able to get away from those demons. Uh, he, you know, and then watching this and then like posthumously, I never saw this when he was alive. It was kind of like, Mm-mm. I'm not like, I'm, I think my, my appreciation of Scott Weiland is sounding probably more than it should by what I'm saying here. But like, this was, it was a weird find for what we're doing here today, but also to find that he made this, you know, which was, I thought, very out of character and just a cool thing to find overall. Yeah, I, I really anticipate that some of his other Christmas songs from this uh, solo album are going to show up on a future playlist. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, why don't we get into my version? This is The Most Wonderful Time of the Year by The Captain and Tennille. It's the most wonderful, 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 wonderful time. It's the most wonderful time of the year with the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer it's the most wonderful time of the year it's the happiest season of all with those holiday greetings and gay happy when friends come to call It's the happy, happiest season of all There'll be parties for hosting marshmallows For toasting and caroling out in the snow, in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories And tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago That was Scott's pick, The Most Wonderful Time of the Year by Captain and Tennille. A couple notes on this one. This uh, is from the album The Secret of Christmas that was released in 2007. From the Discogs entry, it's a Christmas album by the pop duo Captain and Tennille. It is also the last studio album released by the duo before their divorce in 2014 and Daryl Dragon's subsequent death in 2019. Jay, I asked you why you brought the last one. I'm not sure why I brought this one. I I'll, mm. I think the most obvious answer is I saw Captain and Tennille when I was searching for this song and I said, wow, that sounds really interesting. And I know we covered at least one of their songs on a previous episode. I liked it. I also liked that there was a little bit of a flair to the song that wasn't in the Andy Williams version. So we're going to have to see what May thinks of that. What do you think, May? Um, I have to say then being a pop group, they were, they did not stay close to the original, in my opinion. Um, Mm -hmm. and the intonations of, uh, Tennille saying this was really interesting. I felt like she was like reading a book to me at at night and (laughs) it was kind of like telling me it's the most wonderful time of the year, May. And, you know, less of the the joy that you usually get from Andy Williams's version. So uh, I enjoyed it. It lacked a warmth. I thought, Jay, what did you think? Yeah. A little, a little preachy. Um, I don't, I don't, <laughs> this is, there's, there's a, uh, there's a, a similarity here. Like this version of this song by Captain and Tennille and Andy Williams version of other Christmas standards. And there's one in particular, I think the 12 days of Christmas where he does like a whole, his own Andy Williams lyrics. I'm sure some people like it. But where I'm going with this is I don't like when when people change the the flow and the words and the intonation of songs that are supposed to have like a, a familiar blanket feeling to them. Mm, it's like yeah. a sharp it's like a sharp thing in a wool sweater or something like wait that's totally. not supposed to be there. Yeah, it's a so. it's a very bold choice to take an absolute classic and make modifications to it. Sometimes you hit a home run and sometimes you don't. One more thing that I should have mentioned at the top of the show, Jay, is I picked my versions before you picked your versions. So I didn't get yours and then decide like, oh, I'm going to get Jay here. I'm going to find something that I think is objectively better. We kind of chose in a vacuum. Right. After I got your version, I was like, huh. Well, we, we went very different directions on this one. Yeah. And neither of these songs the are like, draw. oh, this isn't, oh, I think this is the best cover version of the song. It's just I wanted to pick something obscure and offbeat. And I also wanted to pick something that wasn't exactly like the original. You can find those on YouTube, and you'll be watching for a week. And it's almost exactly the same. Yeah, I think in fitting with the theme of our show, I tried to pick songs that were not like the obvious choice, like listening to, and I know this is like, I'm trying to think of an apples to apples comparison. Like if JLo had a version of, 
of all I want for Christmas, you know, choosing that wouldn't necessarily be, it's kind of too on the nose. You know what I mean? Yeah. So drum roll, please. May, who chose the better version of the most wonderful time of the year by Andy Williams? Can I ask a question before deciding? Absolutely. Yeah. How are we defining better? Ah, uh, see, yeah, better is subjective. I'm sure our listeners have their own opinion of what makes something better or not. I just want you to be honest. You brought a song. We both brought originals. Which one did you like better? It doesn't have to be better. It just has to be that you liked better. Which Who was, who was the one that chose the better version for you? I think emotionally, uh, Jay's pick was better. Nice, Jay. Because I can yeah. still feel that it's Christmas, and I don't have second thoughts about it, whereas... The other one, I'm like, it's Christmas, but like uh, with a little bit of conditional love, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, I didn't want to say it and taint you, but I thought Jay's was better as well. After I got his, I was like, well, that's a slam dunk. We, we know who, who did a better job. Absolutely blown away by Scott Weiland. So thank you, Jay, for picking the better song yeah. of this one. Yeah, I know. I appreciate it. And that Captain and Tennille version was like a like a bad hotel, you know what I mean, that you get into. And it- yeah, I really regretted, I regretted my choice after I got yours, but it would be disingenuous of me to throw it away and find one that I thought was no, better. that's it. This is, hey, we, we have, we did. Uh, we did a true, I think, as objective as we could be. So let's we'll see where this goes. Okay. Why don't we get into the next song? As we mentioned, it's Last Christmas by Wham. Here's the original. That was the original version, Last Christmas by Wham. A couple notes on this one. Wham were a pop duo consisting of George Michael and Andrew Ridgely, formed in Bushy, England in 1981. Last Christmas was originally released in December of 1984. Uh, Two more notes on this. It's described as a, quote, high watermark of mid-80s British synth-pop songcraft. It was written and produced by George Michael, and it has been covered by many artists Since its original release, this song is listed as number 10 on Billboard's top 10 Christmas songs of all time. So, May, introduce this for us. What is it about this song that made you pick it today? I can always picture myself when I'm listening to this song at a house party, no more than like 25 people with like my favorite drink and just like everyone's on my on my level. No one's going crazy. No one's like bored. Everyone's happy. Okay. So it just it's it just brings such good feelings aside from the fact that it's Christmas. It, the other one set the stage. This one gets me going. You just painted a word picture that I like because if I was in that room, and there are a bunch of people that don't like this song, I'm at the wrong party. I'm not with right. my people. I'm not with my tribe. What did you think, Jay? Uh, so I like this very much. I mean, I love the song and George Michael's another you know like uh, tortured kind of individual has had a really had a really interesting life. Not another. No, no longer with us, uh, but definitely like the song. I, I, I had made a note to myself uh, when reading the show notes for this that uh, when I get some free time, I want to explore the low watermark of <laughs> mid-80s British synth pop song crap. Okay. I have a feeling there's some gems there too. <laughs> uh, so maybe another episode. Adam from Mary Britsmas said he'd love to be on the show with us and he will bring some obscure British Christmas music. So maybe we'll put a pin in that. Let's do that with him. All right. Sounds like a plan. Definitely. But I mean, you got to lie. I think this is an all time classic and definitely a modern standard. Now I'm going to be honest. I didn't always love this song. In fact, there was a time that I really didn't like it at all. Shout out to my friend, Natalie, who loves this song. And when I first met her, oh, probably 12, 15 years ago, she would send me notes like, Hey, just heard my favorite song last Christmas. And because it was her favorite, when I heard it at some random time or I listened to it in the middle of the year, I'd send her a note and say, hey, just listen to your favorite song or just heard it. And now I actually, I've grown to like the song a lot and I really appreciate it for what it is. So, May, I'm really glad that you picked this one. Let's go and play my clip of this one. I'm going to go first this time. This is Last Christmas by Jimmy Eat World. And quick note on this, this clip starts in the middle of the song because their beginning of the song 
you know, plays the just the chorus a couple times. It wasn't really a, a good representation of the whole song. So here we go. All right, that was Scott's pick. That's Last Christmas by Jimmy Eat World. This is from a 2004 mini album called Christmas EP. It only had two songs on it. I'm not even sure you can call it an album. Jimmy Eat World is an American rock band formed in 1993 in Mesa, Arizona, so right in our prime formative years, Jay. And their big album was 2001's Bleed American that had a number one song called The Middle. Jay, you're, you're familiar with Jimmy Eat World, aren't you? Yeah, I like they're kind of a, a one-hit wonder, I think, by conventional standards, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Well, they, 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 they actually had two hits, but yes, very much so yeah. true. They they were they were uh, they were kind of a flash in the pan. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I like them a lot. Definitely have a good kind of uh, real um, like earwormy kind of sound. This this version of the song, I wasn't crazy about this version of it just because these guys have a little bit like they, they could have done it in like a little bit more edge to it, given who they are. And mm. I think they almost tried to sound a little bit too much like Wham, you know, and that's not who these guys oh, okay. are. So, you know, that was my two cents. May, what did you think of the song? Um, I thought that they took wham song which was in my opinion more r-rated to like a pg-13 level <laughs> and, okay it's good it's it's i don't know george michael the way he sings it, he has that like sexiness into it built into the whole song and then mm. jimmy world took it to a more uh i don't know like a relatable less of the emotion and or more Disney of the flavor Christmas. to it yeah it is interesting that a band from 2001 that was pretty popular in that era didn't take a song that was very emo and make it emo. I'm, right. The, the original version of this song was about getting dumped right after Christmas, and they could have done something a little more morose or, or downtrodden about it, but they really kind of yeah. brought it more up into the bubblegum pop level. So well said, May. Jay, anything else you want to say about the Jimmy Eat World version? No, not about the Jimmy Eat World version. You know, I thought of something while we took our little minute break here, so you'll have to edit this out. I had an epiphany, but... No, that's okay. Listeners, if you if you hear an odd break here, it's because we're on the scumbag plan of Zoom, and we had to hang up and rejoin, and we kind of lost our momentum here. Nothing else to say, and we, we covered the Jimmy Eat World uh, version good. Let's hear the next one, and then I have some I have some thoughts to share. All right, so this is the next one. This is Jay's pick. This is Last Christmas by Postmodern Jukebox. Last Christmas. I gave you my heart, but the very next day, you gave it away. You gave it away. You saved me from tears. I'll give it to someone special. Once bit and twice shy. I keep my distance, but you still catch my Tell me, baby, do you recognize me? That was Last Christmas by Postmodern Jukebox. Couple notes on Postmodern Jukebox. They're also widely known by the acronym PMJ. They are a rotating musical collective founded by arranger and pianist Scott Bradley in 2011. 
PMJ is known for reworking popular modern music into different vintage genres, especially early 20th century forms such as swing and jazz. Postmodern Jukebox has amassed over 1.4 billion YouTube views with 5 million subscribers. This song is not from an album. In 2015, PMJ did five vintage-style remakes of popular Christmas songs, including Last Christmas, My Favorite Things, Oh Holy Night, Blue Christmas, and Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. I'll go first here. Wow. They really made this song their own without, I don't have a word for it, not violating the original, but it was still absolutely recognizable as Last Christmas, but wow, it was so different. May, what did you think? I have to say that now I'm thinking this is an emotional song all the way through because they kept it R-rated and it just occurred to me that maybe they've gone through the same thing together, George um, and mm. the some of the people who are singing um, yeah. this version. I don't know their names. I think it's yeah. advantage at the time. Yeah. Very vintage, very 40s style, I'd say. Yeah. I might be slightly off in the decade there, but if you watch the video, I've never heard of PMJ before, Jay. So first, amazing pick, because I wasn't familiar with these people. They have a ton of music, and they're exceptionally good. That doesn't mean this was exceptionally good. We'll let May decide that shortly. But as an artist, somebody I was not familiar with, and I absolutely want to have some of their music on a, on a future episode. What made you pick it? Yeah, so good question. Spoiler alert, and we're two out of three in here, and I, I went for songs that I thought were a bit more fringe and, and not like, you know, middle of the road, which yeah. is true to form with our show. Um, so this was, I thought, on the nose in terms of fringe. I really like the style, and this is, you know, like when you hear, and the, the one thing I could think of is like when you hear – like a polka version of a Metallica song, like two things that don't belong <laughs> together. And then you're like, Oh my God, this is genius. You know, like this is the kind yeah. of thing, it may be not quite there, but I thought this was really good. Uh, I definitely liked it. So I thought it was perfect for what we were doing here. May any additional thoughts before we get to the judging? Um, no, I, I can't wait to tell you which one I think. Yeah. All right, here we go. Which one of us brought the better version for you? I would just like to let you know that, I'm deciding based on uh, feel, mm-hmm. not logic. Sure. And Jay's version indeed kept right. the feel. I agree with you. As I was putting together the clips and everything for the show, I knew the way the first two were going to go. I, I was just absolutely sure of it. Yeah, Great two really it. different takes on the song, though. I mean, in terms of, uh, if, if anything, if we were if we were being graded on contrast, I would say this is a pretty good range of these, of these two. So, Jay, you're two for two so far. Yeah, things are about to change. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's not sway any judging here. Spoiler yeah. alert, listeners. <laughs> the last song today is All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Here is the original that everybody is, I'm sure, familiar with. But let's just remind ourselves. That was All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey, the absolute complete standard. If you don't know that song, I I don't know, you need to go back to Christmas music school. I have a few notes here, and this was kind of interesting because it's a song we know so well, but I did find some interesting information that I wasn't aware of. It was released in 1994 by Mariah Carey, and it was on her first Christmas album called Merry Christmas. So, Jay, you and I were graduating high school. I don't really remember this song being released in the moment. Do you? I, I do remember it being a big deal at the time, and I've always had a, a soft spot for Mariah, so this I remember this popping out. Okay. Now, here's the important one. Billboard lists this as the number one Christmas song of all time. Now, I'm not exactly sure what criteria they used to do that, but I, I think you could argue that this is probably the most popular Christmas song in the world. It is so popular that it re-enters the Billboard Hot 100 every December, It's had global sales of more than 14 million copies, and it's the 11th best-selling single of all time. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, I knew it was. And every year, there's like, there's some sort of, 
uh, bizarre stat where every year it's, it's like number one on iTunes and it sells like a, it's, there's something, I mean, she's, I think, uh, doing quite well. You can watch Google Trends yeah, and it, it right. picks up right in November. Here are a few interesting facts, and these are ones that I did not know. It was the first song to be a number one hit in four separate decades. Uh, Mariah has won three Guinness World Records for this song. It has broken the record for the most played song on Spotify twice. And Mariah co-wrote the entire song in about 15 minutes. Wow. Yeah, that Jay, that means that there is some 15-minute chunk of our life that we might do in the coming years that would completely change the trajectory of both of our lives. So just remember that. When you're feeling low, hey, it only takes 15 minutes to completely upend the world, right? Yeah. and At least of Christmas music. And Mariah is another, you know, along with the other artists we've had uh, so far today, Mariah is another super talented artist, thankfully still alive, but also has had a very, I wouldn't say, you know, tortured, not in the same way, like a Scott Weiland per se, but um, definitely has had a really interesting career, really winding path worth, um, you know, uh, a, a book pickup or a Wikipedia uh, deep dive at least. So definitely like, not only is this, you know, obviously one of the, the most uh, memorable Christmas songs of all time, Mariah Carey is, you know, sort of an iconic pop culture figure as well. So it's two for two in that regard. And how La yeah. Chapelle were divided. My wife cannot, being from New York, there's like this thing about, People from New York and other people from New York either love each other or hate each other. It's very polarizing. I don't quite get it, but I like this one a lot. Yeah. If you look closely at her plastic surgery, you might argue that she's a tortured artist, but that's not the same. No, no, unduly noted. May, what brought you to bring this song to us today? Well, a few things, um, just piggybacking off of the few things you all said. One, I'm also from New York. Um, okay. Mariah's from Long Island. I'm from Long Island. And I did read her book. So you were friends. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I did read her biography, The Meaning of Mariah Carey. And um, she is a very tortured person. I can tell you that just from reading about her. Um, she, for one you know, example, won't talk about the father of her children mm. in her mm. book at all. So you can tell there's a lot of attachment and emotional issues there. Um, and I think that brings me to one of the two reasons why I really like the song. The emotional part of it, which is what I sort of prefaced, she really puts it in there and she talks about how a lot of her songs that she writes, she tries to make the person really put themselves in her shoes and what she's been through. And I think this song, both lyric and just the instrumental, um, they both do a really good job in making the person feel what she feels about Christmas. I mean, right. she, this could go off, you know, you could cut this part out, but basically the book talks about the song and how um, she, was really blown away by the glitz and the glam that the poor version of her experience as a kid, she wanted to bring that uh, to life in a song for everybody else. Um, and I think she really accomplished that really yeah. well in 15 minutes. I mean, that brings me to my second reason why I really like this song and don't judge me by this, but Nope, nope, no judgment here. We don't yuck anyone's yum. This song basically every December brings her up to a million dollars in royalties. So if you think 15 minutes is going to bring you a lot of money, I agree. I think it can. And every December. Um, so she's a real businesswoman and I'm, I'm sure she has help to making those decisions in her, um, in her life and career. But uh, she is one person that I can definitely say without knowing her that she's maxim maximized and benefited from being an emotional person. Yeah, hmm. at the very least, 15 minutes could save you 15% of your car insurance. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> May, I didn't know a lot of the information that you brought today. I do find that interesting, and I yeah, feel like I should give Mariah a better shake. One of my character flaws is I don't like things that are too popular. Mm -hmm. I never saw the movie Titanic because everybody saw Titanic, and I didn't want anything to do with that. And this is the most popular Christmas song in the world, arguably, it could be that I just hear it way too much. It's not a bad song. Musically, I think it's great. I also don't like that diva personality. Yeah. In a lot of female singers, it, it's just a it's just a yuck for me. I, I don't I don't like it. Not disagreeing with what you said. I think if you know even a little bit about her story, that diva veneer is not there. Okay. It's like it does, I think, to the point you made before. It's like this is a person like much like a J Lo or a Madonna or Sarah, you know, even like a Taylor Swift, you know, who's obviously got money now, but these were not people who you know, T-Swizzle, she's like suburban, but maybe not, you know, anyway, you get the point. 
I might be projecting because uh, social media took hold of music stars and, and made them, you know, celebrities in their personal life. I don't care about any of that stuff. And it's such a yuck to me. Yeah. And I'm, I might be projecting yeah. that backwards. This is a good song. So uh, that, that's enough about the song itself. Let's go to Jay's pick. This is All I Want for Christmas is You in a Minor Key by Kurt Schneider and Chase Holdfeller. And this is another one, Jay, that we're playing the middle of the clip because it was much, uh, it was a much better representation of the song. Here we go. That was All I Want for Christmas is You by Kurt Schneider and Chase Holdfeller. Jay, let's get right into it. What made you pick this version? This is very unique. Well, yeah, be- before I before I knew the uh, before I fully considered how this might might be might be play out and that it would be the smirching uh, something that was near and dear to May's heart. <laughs> with this version of, uh, of the song, but, uh, yeah, this is, uh, I was trying to find something that was on the fringe and this one, I went, I, there's so many covers of this song. Oh my gosh. Fortunately, yeah. most of them are, I would say what we would call community based art and that like people have just made these songs and put them on YouTube. So it's really hard to sift between like what we would consider like a conventional art versus, so I looked through a lot of really funny, uh, versions of this song and eventually found like, the very bad versions of it and ergo where this came out of. So that by no, I love the song and I love Mariah. I, and I'm kind of, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm stacking the deck for the judge here, but this was not a good, I did not consider this to be a good version. Of it. Whoa, 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 let's, let's, let's not, let's not, uh, let's not. You want to edit that part out, but I, well, it's fine. I have to like, if you want to edit this out, but how funny is it that like, we're like this, we just spent like time talking about like how important this song is. And I chose this version of it. This guy is like, you got to, it's terrible. Ooh, read the room. Uh, a couple, a couple notes on this before we ask May her opinion. Kurt Hugo Schneider, sometimes referred by his initials KHS, is an American video editor, producer, musician, singer, and songwriter whose primary medium is YouTube music videos. And writing his own Wikipedia articles, apparently, too. (laughs) This is what the kids are doing these days. But here's what's interesting. Wikipedia lists 140 music videos that he's been in. Many of them are covers, but still, that's 140 more music videos than I have on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. This kind of like sounds like one of those people on LinkedIn who's made themselves the CEO of their own company. It's like, I've appeared in over 958 <laughs> articles on my own website. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> May, what did you think of this song? Um, well, I have heard him do other covers, and this is very different okay. um, than any other ones I've heard and very unusual for him just again based on what he's done i give him credit for and and chase the other guy um for keeping the emotions of the song in there but i do have to dock them for taking away the christmas spirit from mariah's version It, it was dark and obviously it's done in a minor key and it's very unique. It is. And I was really surprised. The first couple times I listened to it, I didn't like it. But then just listening to it now in the moment with both of you, I actually was really impressed by it. It was unique. It doesn't mean you have to like it. It was really, really original. I'm shocked that that you've heard of this guy. I'm not convinced that the two of you didn't conspire yeah. before recording this. Like, let's pretend you've heard of Kurt Hugo Schneider. <laughs> KHS, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pull down, like, one of his albums off the shelf. I've got his whole discography yeah. right here. <laughs> yeah, I got, a, I got a poster of him right behind me. Yeah, here. I've not heard of any of his original music. Let's just be clear with on that. I've heard he of Well, that could be his thing. Maybe it's just a cover um, YouTube artist, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And again, I'm used to him seeing like How to Save a Life by the Fray. You know, this is sort of oh, yeah. unusual for him. Save a life. Exactly. 
Well, let's edit so, that. So you do sing on this podcast, Scott. <laughs> well, there's a lot you don't hear. <laughs> You're getting a behind-the-scenes look into what doesn't make it to, to print. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're 57 minutes in, and I guarantee you this is about a 40-minute episode right now. <laughs> all right, let's go to my pick. This is All I Want for Christmas is You by the Holophonics. That was All I Want for Christmas is You by the Holophonics. Jade, you remember what episode we had other another song by the Holophonics on? Yeah, this is their second Jingle Jank per uh, appearance, if uh, if I'm not mistaken, yep. right? Perhaps in our Scott episode, right? Yep. In our third episode, we covered the Holophonics. Uh, so if you want to know anything more about them, why don't you just go back to that episode? They were really great. They're another one of those kind of unsigned artists, I believe. All their music is on Bandcamp. It's the only place I could find it. The reason I picked this song is... Well, one, I like ska music. We know that one from a past episode. I thought it brought a fun energy to a unique version of this. And when I was listening back to it, making the clips yesterday, the first minute of the song doesn't have any horns, so it just feels like punk music. And I like that, but the clip I brought is from the second half of the song where it has much more of a traditional ska feel with the horns and uh, some of the pickup guitar, and I, I, I really liked it. So what did you think, Jay? I liked it a lot, and, you know, I like ska music as well, and I thought, you know, going back to my earlier comment on the Metallica uh, uh, polka analogy, I think this hits it on the nose in terms of a treatment of the song in a very distinct genre of music, ska, that's got its own very unique sound. I think they did an awesome job. I like these guys a lot. Cool. All right. And we can get him on the show. That would be great. May, what did you think of the song? Um, So I couldn't help but to think like there's a birth order involved in these songs, (laughs) three different versions. And I was thinking the one we just heard is almost, I think it's the third child of the three. Mm. And because the the middle child was the super emo, super clingy version that Jay brought to the table. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you were ranking them already. Now I'm, now I'm on the same wavelength as you. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. And Mariah is like the first, you know, first child, yeah. right? Yeah, and the, one the, parent, the one the parents pay all the attention to. Exactly. Carrying and then, burden. Yeah. And the middle one's upset because it's in the middle. And then the third one, it accepted that it's the last child. And it does sound a bit a bit, a bit like a baby. So. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not the weird kid. Definitely not the weird kid. That was the one Jay picked. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I think it's a fair character. Yeah. A fair critique. We'll say in the Porky Pig moment. Ska music is, there's nothing about Ska that tries to be mature. Mm. So I think this is a perfect, yeah, that's a perfect analogy or perfect uh, description for this song, this version of it anyway. Well, why don't we judge it? May, which one of us picked the better version for you of All I Want for Christmas is You? Um, it's tough, really tough. I, while I appreciate the creativity behind Jay's pick, I have to say, again, the spirit of Christmas is with Scott's pick. Oh, thank goodness. I thought this was going to be a shutout. Yeah. I thought it was going to be both a shutout and a hat trick for Jay, and I wasn't going to be able to show my face. Phew. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I, I, I am glad that that this that this one, your version won out in this one, because I definitely, I chose mine thinking it was going to be really out, out there, and I felt like it was definitely the emo middle kid is a great way to look at that song. <laughs> Not very Christmassy. Yeah, but I'm, I would give, I would award you all the points for originality. Yes. For, for taking the song and making it unique in their own, your version 
was objectively better in that criteria. Yeah. And if you ever need some time to kill, I would encourage people to go out and take a look at the work of the many wonderful artists out there that have covered this song uh, on YouTube. But to your earlier point, it's very hard to find a version that isn't a female cover that, that sounds very much like the original. And that's not what I was looking for today. I wanted you and I both brought male versions and the traditional version of this song is, by a female artist. So that was unique in its own. And, and maybe it's what led me toward these picks. Yeah, there's, I'll have to look. And there are a couple that I found that were not suitable for air or that were, we, <laughs> we had some rules uh, may around like alternative lyrics and things like that, that we decided uh. not, you know, we had to try to keep the level, the playing field. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. Were, Jay had a pick that was this song in 20 different styles and it was really, really person. cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. But I don't think you could judge two songs. It wouldn't be an apples to apples comparison there. So that's why I said no. So thank goodness the score was two to one, not three to zero. Jay, you are the first champion of our Who Sung It Better series. I hope we do this again. That's really up to the listeners, though. Listeners, let us know what you thought of this. We had a lot of fun doing this today, and it was different than our other episodes. Let us know if you want to hear another one of these. We'll bring on a guest. They'll bring the music, and we'll find the covers. Did you guys have fun today? I did. This was fantastic. I really enjoyed this, May. Thank you so much for coming on the show and, and spending a time with us and for having the idea. It was a great, great suggestion. It it was really fun to be here. So thank you for inviting me. And I hope that it continues because if it doesn't, then it'll mean that the audience didn't love it. So yeah, yeah. who cares what they think, right? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Never stopped us before. (laughs) That's true. That's true. We don't, we don't just cater to the whims of the audience. So we're, we're, we love our audience. We're, we're thankful to have them and we hope you liked it. If not, just let us know, be honest. It's all good. And, uh, to Tony, our chief compliance officer, let, let me know if I went too far on criticizing Mariah Carey, probably a little late on that, but, um, you know, just do your work on that one. So, Everybody, thank you for joining us today. May, thank you. Echoing what Jay said, I really appreciate you being here. We've talked about this for a while, and I know you were hesitant to do it. Was it worth the hour that you spent with us? Totally. I mean, my my goodness, to, to have it manifest this way is just really great. Thank you. It was so much fun. Uh, listeners, if you want to see the show notes, you can go to jinglejank.com. You can also find the links to our email address and social media accounts if you want to get in touch with us and let us know what you thought. So, May, will you join us on a future episode someday? Yeah, of course. I'd be happy to. All right. That's awesome. Cool. Thanks for joining us, everybody, and we'll see you again in a couple weeks. Police now be done. All music used in this episode is property of its respective copyright owner, and no infringement is intended. These clips were played under the expectation of fair use for purposes of education or commentary. You can find links to all the songs we played in the show notes. Please don't sue us. We don't make any money from this. The worst episode ever.